0: The Gospel for this Easter Sunday comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But one of the terms that has become part of our vocabulary in recent years and has been in the news a lot lately is fake news. You've heard about that, right? Fake news is just what it sounds like. Fake news stories that have no basis in fact, but are circulated all over the Internet in order to mislead, misinform, and influence. And did you know that you can even make your own fake news? It's easy. Uh, I made this um, on a site called breakingnewsgenerator.com. Doesn't it just make you want to click on it to see what was said? (laughs) We'll see how fake it is as we go. Uh, But a little more seriously, fake news has turned out to be kind of a problem um, last year, the inventor of the World Wide Web, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, because when you invent the World Wide Web, they make you a sir, claimed that fake news was one of the three most significant new disturbing Internet trends that must be resolved if the Internet is to be capable of truly serving humanity. And so today, we find ourselves sifting through what is fake and what is factual, and we've discovered that it can actually be hard to tell the difference. We are subjected to a fire hose of news and information, and we're trying to figure out what's up and what's down, what's fake and what's real, what's right and what's wrong, and who can be trusted. At the trial of Jesus, Pontius Pilate asked the famous question, what is truth? And it's a timely question for us today, all these years later in our digital world. But as I see it, there's another kind of fake news out there. It's a fake narrative, a false story about the way that the world works. It's a story that says, this is the way things are and how they will always be. In fact, did you know that the term gospel, which we use to talk about the stories told by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, gospel was once a form used by the Roman Empire to announce its military victories. The gospel was used to communicate about victories won through the application of violence and power. But the early Christians reformed, reframed, and reclaimed gospel to mean something totally different, a story of Jesus' victory over death and suffering won through love and peace. You could say that these first believers were calling the Roman Empire's version of the gospel a kind of fake news. And the women at the tomb were acquainted with this Roman narrative. As the scriptures say, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? They were carrying supplies to anoint a dead body, because that is what they expected to find, because they had accustomed themselves to the inevitability of death. Their teacher and friend died on a cross like so many others had at the hands of the empire, and they knew despite all their hopes that brute force and violence and corruption would always win in the end. So certain were they that Jesus was dead that they wondered out loud how they would roll back the stone that blocked the entrance to the tomb They were heartbroken and deeply grieved and most of all they had given up hope Hope that maybe Jesus was finally the one to save and redeem him That Jesus was the one who would finally show the world that there was a different way a new story to be written But now he was dead and their dreams were dead with him. And meanwhile, the world turned on. The religious leaders who arranged for Jesus' capture and demanded his trial went about presiding at their worship services on Saturday. Pontius Pilate probably hardly gave it another thought. Jerusalem was crowded for the Passover, and there was order to keep more arrests and crucifixions to be ordered. For Jesus wasn't just one of three people hung on a cross He was one among thousands and thousands crucified at the hands of the brutal Roman regime, which invented crucifixion, and which ruled through violence and power and the perversion of justice. It feels to me this Easter like we are the women walking out to the tomb. In our world today, we have grown accustomed to disappointment. It's easy to feel hopeless and helpless, broken-hearted at the state of the world, and deeply grieved. We are the women walking out to that tomb. We have lost hope in the world and in our collective ability to transform it. We have accepted that death is inevitable, whether it's on the streets or in our schools or in wars, halfway around the world. We have accustomed ourselves to death and we have let our eyes adjust to the darkness. This is the way of the world, we say. What can be done, we say. What can I do, we say. It is what it is, we say. But then, but then we arrive at the tomb with the women, and the stone is already rolled away. A young man in white robes sits in the tomb and says, You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, this is the place where they laid him. Now go to Galilee, and you will find him there. And the women were alarmed, and terror and amazement seized them, and they were afraid. But why? It seems like a strange response to the greatest news of all time that would become the greatest story ever told. But I think they were alarmed and amazed and afraid because everything, everything that they thought they knew about the world, as terrible as it was, had just changed forever. If Jesus was truly risen, then the fake news they had been fed all of their lives was wrong. If Jesus was alive, everything they understood about their world had changed too. They were no longer sentenced to living the fake news. Now they were living the good news that Jesus is risen and we too shall rise. These women were the first to know the good news that God loves us so much that God sent Jesus to show us that love in all that he said and all that he did and to suffer and die and to rise again for the hope and the redemption of the world. In his rising from the dead, Jesus rewrote our story and replace the fake news with good news. For where fake news says, surely the darkness shall cover me, the good news says, even the darkness, God, is not dark to you. Where fake news says death has the last word, the good news says that every kind of death and loss is always followed by resurrection. Where fake news says to overcome violence, we must enact more violence, the good news says that violence is overcome through peace and truth. Where fake news says that violence redeems, the good news says that only the God of peace can do that. Where fake news says love your neighbor and hate your enemy, the good news says love your enemy and love your neighbor as yourself. Where fake news says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, the good news says turn the other cheek, Where fake news says to hold on to protect what's yours, the good news says if someone asks you for one, give them two, and go with them the extra mile. Where the fake news says that accumulating things satisfies, the good news says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, that we should love people and use things and not the other way around. Where fake news preaches scarcity and says there isn't enough to go around, so you better get yours and hold on to it, the good news says that we live in a world of abundance which is a gift from God and should be shared by all. Where fake news is designed to ratchet up our worry and our anxiety, turning every possible thing from the weather to our neighbor to those who look and sound different from us into threats, the good news asks, how can you add a single minute to your life by worrying? Look at how God cares for the birds and the lilies of the fields. The good news says that the true neighbor is the one who shows mercy. Where fake news says that our teenagers are just consumed with themselves and their cell phones, the good news says that it is and it has always been the young who changed the world. As the prophet Isaiah said, a little child shall lead them. Where fake news says that all you see is all there is, the good news says that all of life is holy ground and filled with the presence of God. Where fake news shames us into hiding our vulnerability, our scars, our failures and our, in our insecurities, the good news says that these are the places where God meets us. That God meets us on the crosses and in the tombs of our lives. The good news says that we are never alone, never forsaken, and we are never lost from God. Where fake news says that the way things are how they will always be, The good news says that the world is already being transformed if we have the eyes to see and the hearts to feel and the hands to hold it tight. In his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus changed everything, and that good news is the source of our strength and our hope. If I were to ask you why you have come here today, what would you say? I would guess that deep down you have come today looking for hope. Because if this happened, if Jesus, after absorbing all the horror and death that this world could dish out, rose again, then there is hope. There is hope that if it happened on Easter, it could happen to us. And we can hope and believe that a better and kinder and more just and peaceful world is possible. Today, as it did in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, as it did for the women walking out to the tomb, it feels like today that hope is in short supply, and we have come this Easter morning to have our hope renewed. We long for a hope that breaks our hearts open and brings us to tears, a hope that stirs again something deep within us. A hope that lets us know that despite whatever we are going through, we are not alone, that we are alive. A hope that tells us we are not helpless or hopeless. A hope that moves us into action. It is a hope that tells us that we have something to share. That we can't do everything, but we can do something. And as people of faith We have to hold the hope for our world and work for the vision of the kingdom of God that Jesus lived and taught. Finally, scholars tell us that where our gospel reading from Mark ends today was actually the original ending in Mark. Some centuries later, shorter and longer endings were added to include Jesus appearing to his disciples and followers and ascending back into heaven. But the original ending finishes with the angel telling the women to go home to Galilee and find Jesus there. And this is the hope and the promise of Mark's gospel, that having walked with the women to the tomb, we too are sent to find Jesus in all the places that we live and work and play, and that, in fact, he has already gone out to meet us there. Death and fake news could not keep Jesus in the grave, and now his love is loose in the world, and because he lives, we shall rise. No hope, dear friends, for Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia and amen.